You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in the third installment of our series, Gospel Demonstrated. That indeed, for the past two weeks, we've been reminded that Indeed, the church in Jerusalem was struggling with uh, persecution and poverty. And James was simply saying, as the half-brother of, James is the half-brother of uh, Jesus, was simply uh, trying to encourage the the saints. Uh, And about two weeks ago, we talked about, indeed, he was simply saying that as they go through trials, consider it a pure joy when you face trials of various kinds, because the testing of your faith will develop perseverance. He was simply saying that the goal of all the trials that we go through is not for us to be happy, but for us to be holy. God loves us so much that He wants to change us. So if you're here right now and you want to go to church because you want everything to be comfortable, you're getting it all wrong. Do you understand? If you coming here to our gathering and you're irritated with your wife, your husband, your driver, and on your way here, probably you're irritated with people, God loves you so much that He wants to change you. So if you're here and you're simply irritated with a lot of things that's happening uh, in, 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 in the church, in your family, God wants you to what, go through the process of transformation. He wants to change you, and that is a validation of God's love for us. This is why gospel demonstration is so important, because for the past few weeks, we've been discussing how to proclaim the gospel. Now, this time, we need to translate. If you believe in what you believe, it has to be demonstrated. If you're really a Christian, it should come out. In fact, I'm excited... Um, not just today, but tomorrow. I will be surprising some of our Victory Group leaders who has been doing ministry and doing one-to-one in women's correctional pastor reign. And they're right now in the last installment of that one-to-one, and they're almost done, and we're finding ways on how to really move them in the discipleship journey. But I'm just so moved and thankful for uh, giving me the opportunity to really uh, know what they're doing. And that is really a, a picture that we're not just initiating something. The people in our church has experienced the gospel that there's no other way but to be used by God. That They are demonstrating uh, the power of the gospel. And we're not trying to coerce anybody or create a program that all of us in this room, we have to really do our bit, do our part. But the gospel will provoke you to do what needs to be done. And I'm excited to really meet Victory Group leaders who, 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 who goes out of their way to demonstrate the gospel. This is what James is talking about, that as the church in the New Testament has been going through persecution and poverty, the tendency is that you tend to really uh, overlook certain things, and you need a reminder, and James was used by God to remind them. So I hope in James chapter 2, okay, I hope you have your Bibles right now. James has been really a beautiful uh, admonition to the church. And we would want to encourage you that more than just reading the Word of God every time that we have a gathering, I hope at home you will read the Bible. And it says right here, my brothers, wow, he was simply saying to to the people in the church, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? which he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you to court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme an honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, 
partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for indeed your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. That each and every person, Lord God, will be planted this morning in the streams of living water. That we will, Lord God, not wither, but whatever we do will prosper. I pray that each and every person, Lord God, will be open and will just be receptive to the preaching of your word. Thank you that you're changing the hearts of men. That we will come out of this gathering, not as great Christians, but Christians, Lord God, who are making a dent in our society. Or wherever we are, use us mightily to demonstrate the gospel. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Say hi to the person beside you. Good. Wow. I miss this gathering. In verse 1, my brothers show no partiality. Why? Because the people during the time are showing partiality. They are what? Playing what? Favorites. And all of us here are guilty. I don't have to ask any of you to, to, to raise your hands. All of us, one way or the other, has been guilty of what? Playing partiality that we have our favorites from our kids to our employers or employees to pastors. And some people would, would, would be nice to pastors but not to the ushers. I'm not pertaining to people in this gathering. I'm pertaining to the, the, the gathering that we have in Festival Mall. I mean, they're, 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 they're very partial. And, and the reason why James was simply saying that if you are a what? A person, or should I say, whose, whose faith is dependent in the Lord Jesus Christ, we expect that you show no partiality, that you don't play favorites. If you are a believer, you don't play favorites. And some people would, would, would at times uh, classify and categorize people based on uh, uh, really your, 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 your likes and your dislikes. And, and if the person probably would agree with you, probably you prefer this person more than the other. And at times we don't keep watch of ourselves because this is pretty common. But James is simply saying that if you are really a believer, a follower of Christ, that you've gone through a lot and you are a product of the gospel, you don't show partiality. You don't play favorites. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? And this is what he was simply saying. But I'm telling you right now, you have to also practice common sense and discernment because the context of this passage are people that are wearing fine clothing. Do you understand? The people are nice to you because of how you look and how, how you carry yourself. And during the time, the church was putting value more on people that are good looking and probably are financially stable. Because the church, just like what I mentioned, they're very poor. Say, if somebody comes in who has what? The affluence and the influence and the pedigree, they would prefer these people more than anyone else. Why is this happening in the church? Why? Because underneath everything that we're doing in life, the reason why we want to prioritize people that can alleviate our condition, people that probably can uh, really help us in life people who has the means are our top priority because we see that probably these people can help us and we have overlooked that the source of everything is god do you understand it may not apply in our gathering because rich people in this in in, in, in victory and this is really true i'm not trying to exaggerate i mean they're the ones serving they're the ones uh, uh, really helping us here and building the church and giving and and I know that a lot of you here are humble. But the tendency is that when you go out there, you have what? You're, you have preferences that you would want to really uh, help this person and be nice to this person because probably this person can be in the near future your connection. There's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is that who is your source? Is this person your source or God himself? Because the last time we checked the Bible, it is God who grants favor to us. Amen. Because we are the children of God. You're not just a victory attendant. You're a child of God. God loves you so much and you have a father in heaven. That even though at times you're not nice nor good, 
you deserve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because our Father in heaven loves to provide. This is why it is important that we don't categorize people. This is why in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15, it says right here, For he himself is our peace. That is what Pastor Ray has been uh, really uh, uh, exhorting this morning, who, ha- who has made us both one and has broken down in flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So by trying to categorize people and, and by playing favorites, you're simply what segregating a group of people that are better than, than the other. In verse 15, by abolishing the law, Christ abolished the law. Okay, In fact, he did not come to abolish the law, but by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself in one new man in place of two, so making peace. He united everybody to himself so that we will be united in Christ. No Jews, no Greeks. Because we don't have what it takes to what? To fulfill the law. It was Christ who fulfilled the law. Because we don't have what it takes. The Ten Commandments, you don't have what it takes. You know what I love about the Ten Commandments is that even though if you follow the Ten Commandments, when you miss one, you miss all. But a self-righteous person will try to follow the commandments of God. And I guarantee that you will fail. The commandments of God are just a what? A reference that when you don't have what it takes to follow the commandments, what do you do? Try your best or run to Jesus? We run to Jesus. That's the reason why I love to really counsel and minister to people that have failed in trying their best to be a good Christian. Because the goal of Christianity is not perfection, but progress. Every single day you realize I'm wrong. Some of you here, every Sunday you listen to a message, and, and at the back of your mind you have this reason. I don't think it's for me. I'm doing well. Our goal is not for you to do well, but for you to walk in humility. That you realize, I'm telling I'm not guilty of this, but the Holy Spirit, what if I am guilty of this? Will you check my heart? Because this is not just about doing what's good or bad. It's about coming to a place of, of realization. To God, I'm not playing favorites, but if there is something wrong in my heart, can you check my heart? That should be our attitude. Because I'm telling you right now. God wants us to run to Him for strength if we want to see transformation and changes in our lives. If you take a closer look, Jesus didn't come as a rich young ruler, he came in a lowly state, walked with the poor, humbled himself, so that when we are in a section of our lives we're in, we're trying to give our best foot forward, telling everybody that I'm better than anyone. You can look back and say, Christ, you paved the way. And now the reason why I'm humble because he has shown me the way how to walk in humility. The problem is that when we see people, the way they dress, the way they care themselves, the car that they drive, we tend to put people in a what? In a state where in they're, they're, they're categorized as someone of a better pedigree. Why do we have that? Because we see people externally. We don't see people the way God sees them. Remember that the word of God is clear. Same, same book, the book of James chapter 3, it says right here, with it, our tongue, Okay. We bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. This is why you can't what? You can't play favorites because God sees everybody as God sees everybody. So we should see everybody the way God sees everybody. 
Because they are first and foremost not rich people, poor people. They are people created in the image and likeness of God. Not just rich or, the, or, or poor. Women and men. And we are right now in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a generation where men would look at women as a commodity, an object of their passion. No. Women are valuable. They're created in the image and likeness of God. When was the last time you fantasized of God? Sorry for the word. But you can never afford to fantasize because you don't see women as the image bearer of the image of God. So James was simply saying the reason why you can show partiality because whether they're rich or poor and they have what it takes to provide for what you want and what you need, see people from the lenses of God. So when you see somebody, you see him as God sees him. You know, about a week ago, I have to really talk to my household helper. I have 14 at home. I'm just kidding, just one. I wasn't really harsh, and, and because they know that I'm a pastor and a Christian, a day before that, uh, I, I did not say anything harsh and negative. And all of you probably can relate with me. I'm, I am not cursing at home. I'm not harsh to people. But, but my facial expression, do you understand? If you're frustrated with, with, with what you're asking from people, though you don't curse, your facial expression says it all. Do you understand? You're not cursing, but your face is. And though my reaction is a bit harmless, I have to call for his attention, sit him down, and look at him in the eye, and I, I told him, will you forgive me with this reaction? Because he realized one thing. I'm not like that to Pastor Ariel, because he's my boss and this one is just under my care. Both are created in the image and likeness of God. But we don't see that. We see how they look, the shoes that they wear, whether it's cold hand, cold man, or cool aid. Do you understand? I mean, it's, it's, we have to get past how they look because they're a bearer of who God is. And this is really the picture. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears fine clothing and say, you sit here because of how you look, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? I mean, why are we making distinctions? Probably this is not happening in our church because most of you probably, okay, have what it takes to make ends meet. But let's face it, we play distinctions. We play partiality. In fact, this gathering can be very dangerous because you can be exclusive. And when you become exclusive, you don't include everybody. Your motives might be right, but at the expense of who? I'm not saying that you need to really be a friend to everybody. But check your heart because at the end of the day, more than just your intentions and what you want, God is concerned with your heart. Why are you making distinctions? Because the root of all of our uh, really uh, distinction and how partial we are with people at the root of it is selfishness. Why are you nice to rich people? Because there is something that you can get probably from them. My question with you right now, who will provide for what you want? Is it the people that you're connected to or God himself? Is it the people that will promote you and advance your life or God himself? 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have a great God. He can uproot you where you are if He wants to promote you. He can bless you where you are if He wants to. He can grant whatever you want if you respond with the right heart. This is what Proverbs chapter 12 says. A good man obtains favor from the Lord. Are you a good man? Yes or no? Not because of your goodness, but because of the goodness of God on the cross. The reason why you are righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross. So when you go trials and tribulations and challenges in your life, be reminded of chapter 1, James, consider it a pure joy. When you're going through problems, you laugh. (laughs) Because I need to take joy in the season of my life. Because it will bear fruit of maturity. How many of you here, you want to lose weight and, 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 and gain muscles by just sitting on that chair? You want everything to fall in the right places. I want to have biceps, triceps, and, and abs by just sitting back and, and, and enjoying the ride of my life. You have to go out of your way and lift what? Two, three pounds probably to develop. No, no, no. More than that. That's how faith is grown. That the more you lift weights, the more muscles will grow. So when you treat people that at times you don't like with respect because they're created in the image and likeness of God, it's not easy. Come on now, do you have people in, 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 in your life that you, you, I would rather talk to this, to my enemy than this guy. Do you understand? But it takes a lot. And when you exert effort, you'll be surprised that you're growing in character. This is why as followers of Christ, it's validated that we're favored by God. But a man of evil devices, he condemns. So even if you're not probably playing favorites, but you are right now in a state where God is not your source, remember, favor comes from God. Romans 10, 12, for there is no distinction, no partiality between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. And if you're telling me right now, I've been calling on God, I'm not receiving anything. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. (laughs) If you receive, you're blessed. If you don't receive, you are still blessed because you're maturing. There's no way out, my friend, than to advance and progress and grow. There is no distinction. God wants to bless us. Going back to the same chapter, listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? Why would God choose the poor? Is he, is he showing partiality? No, no, no. Because the poor have more opportunities to trust God. He's not impartial. So if you're rich, I'm not saying that, that probably you are, you're financially poor, but you're struggling with your health. Man, I'm telling you right now, that moment of testing will grow your faith. So all of us, whether you like it or not, are somehow poor emotionally, relationally, and financially. There is something that we wrestle. So if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I want everything to work well and be perfect, that's not going to happen. Because you are in this planet wherein you need to go through the process of sanctification because the goal of trials is not for you to be happy, but for you to be holy. Happy person, but a better person. This is why it is important that we have the right lenses that when we are tried and tested, we respond. We don't react. 
Some of us, we, we act like, talk like, and, and, and think like a believer, a typical believer. You worship God when people would ask you, how's everything anointed? How's the food? Hallelujah. You, you, you have Christian jargons that you have memorized through the years. But when you are tried and tested, just like a toothpaste, one way to know what's inside is to squeeze it. And some of you here, you think you're strong. You think you're loving. You think you're compassionate. Let's wait for situations. We're in. You will be pushed up against the wall. Will you trust God than your means? This is why the poor has more opportunities, which he has promised to those who love him. The greatest opportunity is the opportunity to trust God. When we prioritize and value people based on their means and what they have, we are undermining God. We're simply saying, Lord, you cannot, they will. But the word is very clear. He can. And he alone has what it takes to grant whatever we want. In verse 6, but you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drug you into court? James was questioning them. Why are you prioritizing the rich? Remember, outside of this union, outside of this gathering, rich people would drug us to court. He was pertaining to people that are outside of the, the, the synagogue. Why prioritize them? Because he wants them to understand your priority is not just the poor or the rich. Your priority is for you to see them how God sees them. That they're valuable whether you like it or not. And that is what James is saying. If you are a Christian, we treat everybody the way God will treat them. We extend love. We extend compassion. We demonstrate the gospel because chapter 2 of James has two important points, favoritism and faith. The message is so simple. The saints during the time are having favorites because they cannot trust God, that He has the ability to provide. My question with you right now, who do you look to for provision? Your profession, the people around you, your connection, the people that, 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 that's part of your circle, or God Himself? This is why if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you, what's the royal law? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is the great, the great, the great, the great commandment. And I dare to challenge because when, when, when love is, is what we want to communicate and we, if we want to love somebody, we don't call it a commandment. When was the last time you approached somebody and talked to that person by saying, I command you to love me? Do you understand? You don't command love. It has been commanded because it is expected for people like us who has encountered the gospel to walk in love, express love, show love. So we don't show partiality because we want to love everyone. You should love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. James did not mean Christians should avoid honoring the rich, but that we should love everyone and treat them every single day the way God would go about loving them. 
Church, we can trust God to show no partiality. Because we're not getting from people. In fact, the goal of Christianity is to serve everybody. So we trust God that we don't show partiality as God has loved us unconditionally. You know what? I realize one thing. That if God will base how you look in the way He blesses your life, you don't deserve what you're enjoying at the moment. Because the Word of God is clear that God blesses us according to your riches and glory. Amen? You're wrong. Don't nod your head. Read your Bible, please. The Bible says, He blesses us according to His glorious riches. Not your riches. Not your looks. Not not the way you carry yourself. Because whatever God is doing, it is always dependent on His character, not on your character. Because there are days that you don't deserve to be blessed by God, but because He's God and He loves to bless you, He will bless you. He does not show partiality because the way He would want to bless everyone is dependent on His nature and character. How many of you here, honestly, there are days that you look ugly? There are days. Once a day. I'm just kidding. I mean... You don't deserve to be blessed by God. But every time He sees you, He sees Christ in you. I will bless you the way I bless Christ. That's the reason why when you are in a situation that you felt like, I don't think God loves me so much. I don't think I'm valuable to God. Your value has been drawn when Jesus went to the cross. So nobody is better than anyone. Your value is based on how much the Father paid for our debt that He didn't owe to satisfy the debt we couldn't pay. So look at the mirror. Don't look at your, 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 the, the money in your pocket. Don't look at your credit card. If the credit limit is 2,000 pesos, that's okay. I mean, don't, don't look at your, your family background. Don't look at your connections. Look at that if God can send His favorite son, no choice, one and only son, one and only what? Begotten. One and only son. He sent his son. Is there anything too hard for God? If he can give his son, is there anything too hard for God? So we can trust God. We don't have, and we don't need all these connections. We will serve them. We will love them. I have a friend who's very rich. Like me. I'm just kidding. Just a friend, okay? Kidding. And you know what? I gave him a bookmark last Christmas. He paused for about three seconds and enjoyed the moment. A bookmark. Even though people are rich, when you show love and compassion, that you do care for them, they will appreciate it. Same thing with the poor. So don't look at people based on their financial status, their pedigree, or their socioeconomic income. Love them for who they are, as God loves them. We will not show partiality to anyone because I am highly convinced it is God who grants favor. No one and no one is planned. Can we give Him all the glory for that? Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done this morning. Indeed, you are the source of everything. We don't have to play favorites, oh God, because we know that it is you who will give us the affirmation that you are a God who will grant us favor. If we have been categorizing people in a way that, Lord, 
that has demeaned and has put down people, Lord, forgive us. Can we just touch our hearts right now? Forgive us, oh God. Forgive me that there are times that probably I'm not conscious that I have valued people more than the other. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I pray right now, give us the ability and the grace to look at everybody, not on their socioeconomic standing, but who they are the way Christ sees them. Lord, you died for everybody. That's how everybody, Lord God, has been valued by you. Thank you that you will give us the grace to know that you're the source of our provision. And as we continue to bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're here right now and you're saying, Pastor, I am asking you for a financial breakthrough. I want you to raise your hand right now. I'm asking God, and I want you, Pastor, to pray for me. I'm asking God for a financial breakthrough. Raise your hand as high as you can. Raise it. And, and if you're raising your hand, don't, 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 don't ask God as if, as if God is in His throne trying to decide if you deserve it. When Christ went to the cross, He has unleashed all spiritual blessings. So more than just asking God this morning, thank God. It has been given. So thank Him. If you don't receive it, consider it pure joy. It will bring maturity. While waiting, you're growing. So as you're raising your hand, I want you right now to close your eyes and say, God, thank you. Tell you, thank you, God, for this breakthrough. Thank you for this business venture. Thank you, Lord God, I'll be able to pay for all my, all my payables, oh God. Lord, this business, Lord, I'm, I'm afraid, but let the Lord give you the faith. Because favor comes from God. If you're asking, Lord, I need this deal before the year ends, let the Lord grant you the assurance that whatever He has done and whatever He has started, He will complete it. You can put down your hands. Lord, thank you for the strength to trust you in the midst of all the doubts that I see left and right. I look to you, Jesus. As we continue to bow our heads and close our eyes, if this is your first time, or probably you've been coming in and out of our gathering and you're saying, I want God in my life, but I'm always back to the same old me and the same old sin. God wants you to know that only by His grace that you are liberated from your old life. So if you've been coming in and out and somebody has invited you, I want to take this opportunity right now to invite you to pray this simple prayer of accepting Jesus. You need Jesus in your life. You can't trust God if you don't have Him. You can't trust God if you have not experienced His love. Now this morning, experience the love of God. And if you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to invite Jesus in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I want you right now to pray this prayer after me. Say this after me. Jesus, I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. Today, I'm sick and tired of my situation. I want you to take full control of my life. I want to start all over again. Jesus, thank you for saving me.